This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. As I recall my experience with Charlie that I shared last week and contemplate the question attributed to God, where God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? I find the metaphor of surfing to be helpful. Being present in the moment and aware of how God might be breaking into the time and space I'm in is like trying to catch a wave and and simply going for a ride. Another helpful concept for me are are the biblical words for spirit. The Hebrew word ruach and the Greek word pneuma, where we get our word pneumatic, air-powered, both mean simultaneously wind, breath, spirit. So often when I'm visiting dying folks, I'm trying to catch the wind of the spirit to guide my care for them rather than adhere to the cool deduction of my supposed reasoned logic. Now this involves being fully present in the moment and listening with my whole being for the Spirit's gentle whisper. After all, the present moment is all we really have anyway. Now, trying to live this way has brought me in touch with the reality that our Buddhist sisters and brothers call impermanence. Now, the Buddha taught that all of life is impermanent, and trying to control life is the source of our suffering. The basic idea of impermanence is nothing in the entire universe ever stays the same. Stars burn out, water evaporates. You and I are going to get old and die. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus uh, captures the same idea when he says you can't step into the same river twice. Everything is constantly flowing, and trying to stop it is, is just foolishness. Now, to cope with this reality of impermanence. We either work to avoid what is uncomfortable and flee the present moment, or try to capture the enjoyable moments and make them last as long as we can. And our efforts to control the uncontrollable is a major source of our suffering. The Buddha's wisdom was to simply embrace the present reality, good or bad, and let it go when it's gone. Easy to say, hard to do, trust me. Now, while our Buddhist sisters and brothers have much wisdom to share on this topic, the whole concept of impermanence is not alien to our Judeo-Christian heritage. A similar idea is captured in the New Testament by James, the half-brother of Jesus, who wrote, What is your life? You are a mist, a vapor that appears for a short time and then disappears. Now, some of my friends tell me thinking this way is depressing, but honestly, I find it liberating. As I think I've shared before, it reminds me that in 50 years or so, no one's even going to know I ever even lived. So I can just relax, enjoy life, and not take what I or other people think so darn seriously. Now, over the years, as I've worked to try to get into the flow of life, and the uncertainty that it presents. I've discovered several tools that are helpful uh, in trying to deal with this idea of impermanence, and they are humility, flexibility, trust, building a social network, and, and developing my own spiritual resources. The word humility, as does the word human, comes from the root humus, 
which means the organic composition of soil from decaying matter like leaves and such. It's earthy. So when I think of humility, I think of a, a grounding quality, recalling that we are dust, and unto dust we shall return. When we're in the throes of impermanence and uncertain times, it feels like everything is being shaken. Having a grounding is surely a good thing. And, and I, one of the best definitions I've read of humility, humility is not thinking any lower of myself than I am or any better of myself than I am. It's just trying to see in context, in reality, what I'm really like. Another concept that's helpful in dealing with impermanence is flexibility. I sometimes tease that Matthew... Uh, in his gospel, forgot one of the Beatitudes of Jesus in the fifth chapter, and he should have added, Blessed are the flexible, they shall not break. It seems the older I get, the much less flexible I become, and that is not a good thing. As I've learned over the years, having a firm and rigid opinion about others, about God, and about myself can be very limiting in many ways. I am a recovering dogmatist. Things I used to proclaim to others as absolute truth, I now question. Rigid opinions about other, either political opinions or religious beliefs, they smell like death to me now. There's a lot of gray out there. My world has just become far too complex to allow for pure or evil, right or wrong kind of thinking. The belief or the hope, I guess, that an old dog like me can even learn some new tricks, oh, that's very helpful. But it doesn't come naturally. And I'm going to be honest with you. Last week, I had two experiences that just reared up and grabbed me and showed me how inflexible I am. People, different, two different groups of people trying to impinge on the freedom of my time, and I did not react in a good way. I can tend to be very inflexible when it comes to my time and what I'm doing with my time. In many ways, it's harder for me to give my time than it is to give money. And I, I came to realize as I thought about how difficult that was for me last week and all the inner disquiet it caused me, I realized I do these podcasts as much as myself, for myself as I do for you. I'm trying to remind myself the things that I value, what, I, what I'm trying to become, the things I've learned that are helpful that I want to implement in my life now while I, I still have time. Well, trust is another one of those things. And in this context of learning to go with the flow in an uncertain universe, by trust I mean essentially trusting in two things. That this moment is a perfect opportunity to wake up and that God is right here with me right now. The incredibly wise Pema Chodron has, has been a great help for me in this first trust. Her writing is infused with encouragement to accept this present moment, regardless of how good or bad the situation is, and it's a perfect teacher and contains everything I may need to become fully alive. Grounded in ancient Buddhist wisdom, her advice is to not flee from either the pain of this moment, nor try to possess the joy of it by grasping on to it. Stay right here, right now. 
This moment is the reality that we have. Experience it and learn what it has to teach us. Well, the two other great helps I've found in trying to deal with an impermanent universe are developing a social network, which I learned uh, to my great benefit in the fire that I've shared when the fire burned our home last fall, as I've shared with you. Having friends and, and family come to your aid. There's just times in life when the impermanence of life is going to reach up and grab you, and you're going to need help. So developing a social network while you're somewhat stable, while you can, is a great investment for when impermanent strikes. It's like the, the child's game. I, I can remember, ready or not, here I come. And that's what impermanence is saying to you and me. And then the last helpful tool, of course, is developing your own spiritual resources, whatever tradition they're from, whatever you find helpful to help you find some sort of balance or uh, evenness in this impermanent world you and I live in. Reality is impermanent and uncertain. Cultivating humility, stretching my flexibility, learning to trust the present moment, developing a social network, and developing my own spiritual resources. These are great aids in navigating the often terrifying rapids in this current of life. As always, thanks so much for allowing me to enter your world on your journey this day. And again, I ask if you're finding my ramblings of any aid or benefit to you, you might consider sharing them with your community and your family. In conclusion for this podcast, I'd like to share a, a part of a prayer from the late Archbishop Oscar Romero, who was assassinated in March of 1980 in El Salvador. I think I've shared part of this prayer before, but this portion I find particularly meaningful in light of the impermanence of life that I've shared on this podcast. So Bishop Romero wrote, it helps now and then to step back and take a long view. The kingdom of God is not only beyond our efforts, it's even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is a way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. And this is what we're about. We plant seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there's a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a, a step along the way, an opportunity for God's grace to enter and, and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that's the difference between the master builder and the worker. We're workers, not master builders, ministers, 
not Messiah's. We are prophets of a future not our own.